Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. In our never-ending I Work For Him desire to bring you guests and discussions that will change the way you think about faith and work today, we're talking about equilibrium. That's right, a new biblical mentoring study program for young professionals and older professionals. But we've got my buddy Dave Zillig back in here, and, and, and it's a great story we'll share with you in just a second. But Dave Zillig, welcome back to the I Work For Him show. Thanks, Jim. It's great to be here with you. I appreciate it. You know, there's a as we talk about the balance in life and we talk about equilibrium and we talk about just trying to make sure that our lives just aren't way out of whack, I, I came up with Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8, because this is so important. It, Solomon had spent all of this time evaluating life, and, and this is what he came up with. You know, for everything, there's a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. There's a time for everything, and right now it's time to talk about equilibrium. <laughs> wow, that just came out just like that. I love that. Andrea's going, wow, Jim, how much Mountain Dew do you have today? None, Andrea, absolutely none. All right, Dave, before we get into the conversation about what God's doing in your life as a business professional, as a ministry professional, and as a husband and a father, first talk about how's Christ working in your life today? 
Well, besides the um, working in obviously all aspects of my life, my my marriage and and being a father and friend, I would think most directly, you know, me feeling called to leave a business that was thriving at the time and probably didn't, was kind of counterintuitive to do that and didn't really make a whole lot of sense. I really feel like, like God, that was God's calling that I needed to make a move and to do something that was more significant. And uh, I think that's a pretty probably obvious sign that, that God was uh, moving me off the spot. Yeah, when God tells you, listen, I know you got a really cushy gig going on mm-hmm. right now. Things are flowing good. You only got to work 30 hours a week. It's going good because it's working. I'd like you to walk away from that. I got some stretching for you to do. Yeah, I think, you know, this, and I know one of the, our favorite books that we both enjoy, um, Jim, is Halftime. And I, I think this all started probably maybe five or six years ago um, when I first read the book Halftime, and written by Bob Buford. And basically the gist of that book is that for many men, not all men, the first half of their life is kind of a push or a drive for success, however they define that. And obviously I was in the business world, because that, that was so that was measured in sales and revenue and dollars. But... You reach this halftime period, and for many men, it's in their 40s, and I'm, I assume women go through this too. It could be their 50s, but it's a transition period when you start to really assess um, what are you d- devoting all your time and energy to, and what's what's the long-term significance of that? And you start thinking more about impact and legacy, and that book really struck a chord with me, and I, I realized that just building more office buildings and growing greater revenues... Um, that was uh, that was very fruitful for a while and rewarding, but it had kind of lost that. And I felt like I, I wanted to do things that had more a, a lasting impact on people's lives. And that's kind of how Equilibrium was born. Well, and, and that is so fantastic. And, and you know, it's what's great. And I'll just share it for the audience. You know, I, I I had on I had the privilege of having the guy that gave me halftime on my show a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. He happened to be in town from Atlanta. And I said, hey, you're in town. Would you at least come on for five minutes so we can talk about the story? He really didn't want to come on the air. And and my buddy Bob came on. But he gave me that book in January of 2004. And, and, and I said, why would you give me the book? He goes, well, it just sounded like you were in a transition and you really need to step back. And, and that's what that book did for me. I stepped back. And after finishing that book, I said, yeah, Lord, I, I've seen success. I was only 37 at the time. But I stepped back and I said, okay, yeah. I don't want to waste my time chasing worldly success. Right. I really want to make a difference. And I love investing in people. And the last 11 years, as I prayed that the Lord said, Lord, I want to lead a life of significance. He's been removing from me those things that I thought were important. Mm-hmm. My insurance career, my IT career, and and my car career. And it brought me to radio, which is pretty weird. As you know, and as my audience knows, you know, on July 31st of this year, I quit my good paying job that I could have been an owner in the business and, and went full time into I work for him. Right. Which everybody says, what are you stupid? <laughs> it was just finally starting to work. I'm like, yeah, I know. Right. No, I, I understand that. I think uh, unless you have Christ in your life, you don't understand that kind of a crazy change of direction because it doesn't make sense in, in today's culture. Well, it doesn't make sense in perspective of 70 or 80 years on earth, but it does make difference when you have yes. the perspective of eternity. A long-term perspective, absolutely. Yeah, I, I want to, when I walk through those gates someday, I'd like the Lord to say, well done, at least in the last 10 years of your life, you really made an impact the way I wanted you to make an impact. Right. 
pretty sure there's some years that were not as fruitful as they should have been. But I really want to be there to make an impact. And whatever it is, whether it's on the radio, doing mentoring groups, whatever it is, I just want to make an impact. I yeah. want to be a great husband. I want to be a great father. And that's it. You've in the last several years since you've made that decision though to to leave your business and sell out and go through this transition to significance, you've also had to be a caregiver. And that's yeah. those were some yeah. you had some pretty tough years. I mean God yeah. stretched you pretty heavy. It's a good point and, and I think God's timing on that was perfect too. My dad had Alzheimer's and kind of slowly drifted away and then ended up passing away and my availability for my mom and for him in those two years, um, that timing makes more sense now too why I was called to to kind of move on it was another benefit to doing that so yeah instead of it being annoying and they're getting in the way of your work it became your work exactly and I didn't have the time before and wouldn't have given them time yeah and what a privilege that was yeah I've got my folks in town for three weeks, and they live in Tucson. I'm like, just move to Florida. Well, we don't want to get in your way. I'm like, yeah, but I'd like to actually enjoy you now. Right. So, but, you know, they want their freedom, too. And maybe they don't want to be near me. Maybe I should be listening. I don't know. (laughs) All right. So the Lord laid on your heart that you really wanted to invest in young professionals. When we first started talking about this, we met because I was reaching out to halftime going, hey, you got any local halftime leaders in here? And they said, no, but we got a guy that lives in Tampa Bay that's gone to halftime. You could talk to him. And that's how we met. Right. Einstein Bagels, gosh, three April of 2012, I think. I remember it well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, after reading the book Halftime, um, they have a seminar that they put on in Dallas. And for those that are really kind of working through this transition period and kind of trying to find their calling. And uh, I went to that. It was an excellent weekend with other kind of like-minded guys like myself that were kind of going through this transition, not really sure where God was calling them. And after in that experience, they kind of worked through what they call the three C's, which is core, uh, capacity, and context. The core is how's God wired you? What's kind of your, your gifts or skill sets that you can bring to ministry? And then the second piece is capacity. What, what resources do you have to give? Time, money, both? And then the third piece is probably the most difficult is context. Where are you going to apply it? And I felt like that was very helpful to me because what kept coming back to me loud and clear was my heart for young men. Uh, when I was in college, I was a big brother. I was a Stevens minister to a young man um, after college. We've adopted um, a, uh, a foster child, a, a boy, and I've mentored young men off and on in my neighborhood and church. So that was the one consistent thing that kind of uh, ran through. So I felt like God had, had wired me that way. He was putting me in that arena, and that's what I really enjoyed. So I got to thinking about, you know, what am I going to do with young men? And the age group that appealed to me is probably not the easiest age group to tap into because they're awfully busy, but the, the millennials, the 20 and 30 years old. I found that teenagers, for the most part, there's a lot of opportunities for them to get involved if they want to. There's Young Life and K-Life and FCA, and there's you know the alphabets of, of ministries that'll pursue um, young people if they're so inclined. But what's interesting is once they get out of high school or out of college, um, there really there aren't that many organizations that are really reaching out to them. And when they hit their 20s, and I found, because I live this, is that's when life really hits you between the eyes. You know, it's your first job. Yeah, reality. Reality kicks in, exactly. So some of the things you didn't listen to when you were a teenager, you're all ears in your 20s and 30s. <laughs> all of a sudden, mom and dad get a lot smarter. <laughs> exactly. You graduate right. from college, you're like, wow. Exactly. They're right. not dumb. Yeah. 
Very much so. So I, they, you have their attention because some of the things that we talk about in equilibrium, such as uh, we talk about life balance, and we use the tools, um, a tool called the 5S, which is faith, family, friends, fitness, and finances. All right, we're talking with Dave Zillig about equilibrium, a new biblical mentoring process for young professionals, and, and really... That's the way we're going to describe it. You know, Dave and, also, Dave and I have also been talking about the book Halftime. So before we get back to our discussion, we might as well transition right into our book highlight segment. As we do each and every day, our book highlight segment is brought to you by Karis Christian Books and Gifts. Karis Christian Books and Gifts have been part of the Largo community. I know you can almost say this commercial by yourself now, can't you? For over 29 years, located in the center of First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks on Ulmerton Road in Largo, their 2,400 square foot store is open to the public seven days a week. Check them out online at shopcaris.com. That's shop, C-H-A-R-I-S dot com. I've got two copies of the book to give away today. So be the first and second caller to Andrea. The first two people to get a hold of her at 855-265-2929. 855-265-2929. And I'll send you a copy of the book. Compliments of my wife, Martha, and Kara's Christian Books and Gifts. Our book today is Halftime by Bob Buford. A book that has revolutionized the lives of the two guys behind the microphone today and hundreds of thousands of other people across the globe. Let me give you a short explanation. Midlife, halftime, it doesn't have to be a time of crisis. It can be a catalyst for purpose, impact, and growth. Bob Buford provides this encouragement and insight to propel your life on a new course away from mere success to true significance. And the best years of your life. And then we want to sing the best years of your life song, but I don't know what that song is, Andrea, but you can find it. Listen, you need to call into the studio line at 855-265-2929, 855-265-2929 and get a copy of the book because remember, you got to read this book. Hollywood ain't going to make this movie. I remember the phone lines are open for you to get a copy of this amazing book, Halftime. They are fresh off the presses. I just got them in a box today in the mail, just in time for this show. 855-265-2929. All right, Dave. Yep. This idea for equilibrium. You you, you got a heart and passion for these these 20-somethings and 30-somethings, early 30-somethings, because you're saying that a lot of ministries, that's not their focus. If they're married, they have a focus. Yes. But and, and if they're single and they're looking to get hitched, there's a focus. But for those professionals trying to figure out how to incorporate their faith in every part of their life, that program really didn't exist. Yeah. I think it's difficult to reach out to them, too. They're extremely busy. I mean, I can remember back in, in those years. Um, of course, it was a long time ago. But I was very busy myself, and the world's just gotten busier. And you so. didn't have texting or email when exactly. you were 20. <laughs> <laughs> a lot more distractions now. So they're And t- you only had four TV channels. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Think about... Just think about I'm sorry, I interrupted you, but we digress. But seriously, when you look at what 20 and 30-year-olds have to deal with today, yeah. first of all, we had to deal with... I mean, we, well, I, I, I did have cable, I suppose, by the time I was in my mid-20s, but no cell phone. We had no texting. You had to use a landline. When you were in your car, you could listen to the radio, but you only had AM and FM. I mean, the, the, and, and computers, we had computers, but they were ridiculously slow. And, and you didn't have the Internet. I mean, the, yeah. the, it is amazing the things kids have to balance today. 
Yeah, there's just so much noise and distractions out there. And noise, that's a good word for it. One of the benefits, really, of um, a retreat is basically just to get away from that and be still, and you can start to, to hear, hear God and hear the movement in your life and, and the Holy Spirit making some changes. But with the um, cacophony of noise out there, very difficult for that to happen. And I think um, today's 20- and 30-year-olds really are challenged by that. Well, they grew up listening to music, going to bed. They grew up list- waking up to music in the morning. They grew up with the headphones in their ears all the time. You know, iPods have been around for you know, a decade already. I mean, mm. they're used to being able to have any music choice they want, to be able to have it on a little slim thing that's a little bigger than a business card. Right. They, there's no reason for them ever to be quiet. Yeah. No, and I think that's one of the things that uh, was important when um, Equilibrium was kind of born was to um, set up a structure that didn't uh, require weekly meetings with them, knowing that that's not going to fit kind of their, their schedule. So, and we can get into the structure a little bit later, but basically it's just two meetings per month. Uh, one is a group meeting and one is individual one-on-one with, with me. And that seems to fit their schedules appropriately. It, it's not a, a big time constraint. Uh, many of them have young children, of course, married, jobs, and uh, that's part of the, the reason for equilibrium is try, try to help them find some balance in their life. So I don't want to be a reason to put them out of balance either. No, that's always a danger. And, and, we, and Martha and I talked on Tuesday this week about God's uh, priority list. And how our personal relationship with him is number one. If we're married, our spouse is priority number two, ministry number one. If we have children, that's priority number three, but mission number one. And then work in ministry outside of those things is our fourth priority. And yep. that's a hard balance in today's world because... People don't work eight-hour jobs anymore. They work 10-hour jobs mm-hmm. or more. Yeah. They, they're constantly on the hook. No matter where they are, their boss can get a hold of them. Right. You were mentioning before the break about the five Fs. Hey, I'd like to I'd like to thank Larry from St. Petersburg for calling in to get a copy of of the uh, halftime book. We still have one more copy. Call into the studio line, 855-265-2929. All right. So talk to me about the five Fs. Sure. Um, again, the equilibrium, even the term, means uh, the attempt to stay in balance when outside forces and the culture is trying to put you out of balance. So the whole ministry is about helping young men achieve better balance. And a tool that I used in my 20s or 30s, and it's not mine, might even come from an FCA, I don't remember, but is it's called the 5Fs. And I thought the 5Fs um, were just a, a great tool to help me achieve better balance in my life. And the 5Fs are faith family, friends, fitness, and finances. And we talk about being intentional in every one of those categories. Faith being the foundation. So getting back to your earlier point about the priorities in your life, faith has to be your foundation. Um, Faith, um, we talk about if you don't have a, faith is your foundation, then all the time and effort you put into the other Fs, it's kind of is wasted time. So it starts there, but it's not... um, the whole breadth of life, if you're struggling in your finances or struggling with your fitness, uh, that's going to affect your faith, too. So it's important to not ignore those other Fs, either. No, but that's so... There's so many distractions. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, know, you and I are both older than 20s and 30s, and we've learned to be able to filter some of those distractions. Some of those we have not. Our kids are older and grown and gone. Uh, it is... We have less distractions. We don't have hockey games. Well, nobody has hockey down here. We don't have soccer games. We don't have baseball games. We don't have tennis matches. I mean, the, we don't have 
you know track right. meets we've got some of that that margin is is given back to us but uh, all the people that I think are the busiest people though are the retired people anyway <laughs> they're always <laughs> busy truth to that yeah yeah well you've been <laughs> semi-retired for how many years now uh two years and yeah. how busy are you um, probably as busy as I've ever been. Yeah. <laughs> Can't keep up. So. Yeah, it's just like working is way less work than yeah. being retired. All right. So the five F's as your, your target audience with this. Now, I know we've talked about young men. Uh, your, your group's been primarily based on, for young men, correct? Yes. Okay. So how does that work? How are you finding these people? How are you getting the message out to these people that, hey, here is something for you young men to learn how to be godly leaders in your in your workplace in your home life uh, and here's something you need to invest in your own life so that it, it'll pay back well probably the first six months jim i just spent working on the curriculum and the structure uh, that took some time and it not my gift so that was challenging but uh you know with a lot of prayer and, and help from others um equilibrium was kind of put together in that first six months and after that um Again, I think God just puts young men in my midst. Um, quite a few come from our church, and so the word's gotten out of the church that uh, Equilibrium is a, a mentoring ministry for guys in their 20s and 30s. Uh, word of mouth since then. We've actually had four groups come through. It's about a six-month commitment, so you know, you can't, um, you're not doing groups every single month. And so far, I've not had any problems with filling each uh, Equilibrium group. I think ultimately, as we grow um, and we get more leaders and mentors involved, we'll probably have to have a vehicle to to uh, introduce this to young men. So, I mean, how many people are in a group? It ranges from five to ten. I've had a group as small as five and as many as ten. And when they start, I mean, once you've had week one, you're not adding people because you're trying to keep the same group together the whole time. That's correct. It starts with a retreat. We've got a river house up on the Suwannee River, just a perfect way to get away. Way down upon the Suwannee way River? Way down on the Suwannee. And uh, cell phones don't work real good there. And Praise you, the Lord. You can't, oh, really? Yeah. And you're, and you're cabin they don't well they, i don't think these guys know until they show up maybe they wouldn't come if they if they knew otherwise <laughs> do they start to twitch after about uh, yeah they do but you know what by the end of the weekend i think they're pretty pleased that they were out of touch because it really it makes for a better retreat it's much quieter oh yeah um, and they enjoy it but we start with a retreat and out of that retreat we kind of introduce this the kind of the whole idea of balance and the five f's and a uh, we talk about some principles about being purposeful and intentional with your life and to think about the five S and where are you stuck and where are you not um, living the life you should, the most fulfilling life. And then we also talk about um, that you have to get out of your comfort zone. That's where all the growth you know, happens is you have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable for a while. And so I ask them to stretch a little bit in these areas of their five Fs. And then the third principle we talk about is you've got to act. Too many people go through life with great intentions, but it's the old proverbial ready, aim, aim, aim. They just don't fire. And so we get them to make a commitment, put it in writing, and then we follow up from there. I thought it was fire, ready, aim. <laughs> yeah, some people have been known to do it that way. <laughs> I am sure that's the way I've done it. And that's, <laughs> and that's why I've been so cautious with growing business his way and for taking I work for him maybe to the next level, multiple hours or into different uh, other cities is because I don't want to step ahead, Lord. I don't want to do that yeah. fire, ready, aim thing. Right. I'm trying to get that all perspective. Ah, oh, I hear the melodic tones of more music. All right. We're talking about the five F's. Yes. The five F's that you guys, you, you start off in equilibrium, six-month study with them at your cabin on the way, way down upon the Suwannee River. And, um, and it's the five F's. Faith, family, friends, fitness, and finances. 
and you take them into this quiet place where they're surrounded by mosquitoes, alligators, snakes, <laughs> and say, listen, I'm going to stick you out in the woods, and until you get these things straightened out, I'm not telling you where you are. <laughs> That's basically it. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, what, what, again, let's just talk about the purpose of the retreat. Sure. The, the purpose, Jim, one of the things that I found um, when I, in my business career was that uh, we would send employees to seminars and workshops and hear some of the, the best speakers in the country, um, John Maxwell and Brian Tracy and Zig Ziglar, of course, when he was alive. And um, I would have loved to have heard Zig live. Yeah, he was powerful. Um, but they'd come back on fire. It was a mountaintop experience, very inspiring. And they, were, they came back inspired. And we'd have them speak at a staff meeting and kind of talk about what they learned in the seminar or the workshop or, or whatever. But I noticed, you know, after 25 years, I noticed a disturbing trend. And that was in two or three weeks later, almost everyone had invariably slipped back into the old habits, the old rut that they were in prior. So it kind of lifted them up and inspired them, but there wasn't real change. And that's one of the things that was important to me to see incorporated in equilibrium. So the retreat is a great way to get away and be by yourself and be with the Lord and, and have fellowship with other young men. But the idea is to put some things in writing that you're going to commit to, to follow through in each one of the five Fs where you feel you need to pick up your game and, and lead a more fulfilling life. Put that in writing, commit to it, share it with the group, which we know adds even more accountability. Mm-hmm. And then that's where we follow up for the next five months. We have group meetings to kind of uh, share with each other our progress or lack of in certain areas. And there's a lot of encouragement from the other guys in the group when guys are on, on track, and most of them are. Um, if guys are struggling in some areas that they've made commitments to, maybe in their marriage or in their faith life or to do daily devotionals or get get back in the gym, start to get fit, spend more time with their kids, whatever it is. If they're struggling in that, then again, the group kind of circles around and says, gives them some ideas. So every month we see progress. And what's neat about that, and, and unlike the, the business example I gave you, is after 30 or 40 days of incorporating new habits in their life, healthy habits in the five Fs, then they start to become permanent habits, and they don't slip back into the old right. wide rut of their old bad habits. And that's where I've seen some permanent change in these guys' lives. So you're reinforcing and reinforcing and reinforcing and reinforcing, and that's really what's making a difference. Yes. You know, and I can't think of a better way to do it than the quietness of a retreat. I mean, because really that is something that's missing. If you look at how Christianity has really died off, it's because most Christians in the intensity of their faith don't ever take the time to be quiet. Mm. Not all Christians. There's some great people out there that are quiet, but most people fail to find the quiet. I would agree 100%. And it's actually something that I've struggled with over the years. I tend to like activity and people and places and being on the go. And I don't think that you can hear that little still voice when you're always on the go like that. And I have to, again, from my own equilibrium, I have to kind of force myself to get away and, and be quiet. It doesn't come natural to me at all. I know, I, and I have to do it quarterly because if I don't do it quarterly, then I lose it. But it, it is the quietness. God will not yell. Hey, we have a we have a one of our listeners just texted us into the show, and they asked a question. This is a great question. It's a little bit of, of an aside, but it's a good question because you're talking about the finances part. the The listener said, "Listen, I've got a friend, Jim. I got a friend that's looking at bankruptcy. What what can I do to help him prevent it? You know, he's a one man business. You know, there is." 
this is a common thing where, in the world's view, bankruptcy is an okie-dokie kind of deal. I mean, it's, it's okay to do it. But in God's eyes, we made a commitment to pay for those things, and He expects us to pay for the, to meet our commitments. How, how do you deal with it? What, what's your perspective? Before I share my perspective, what do you what do you think? Well, I think that's a that's a difficult. It is question. a diff- it is a difficult um, question. But try to take it from a biblical standpoint. Yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying in terms of the term strategic kind of bankruptcies, where you're doing it as a matter of kind of a strategy. I don't think that's biblical at all. I do think bankruptcy is there for people that have been devastated and you know it could be a medical issue mm-hmm. uh, it could be a child that's you know there's all kinds of things that can bring you and put you down on your face um, that are just unexpected and weren't weren't done because of poor decision making and I think in those cases that that is a, it's a tool for people to get a, a clean slate and I totally agree with that totally agree with that what if it's a business where you've started it and you just have overspent overextended your credit and now you're so bad that you don't even know which way to turn in my mind when somebody and I've seen this so many times when somebody really submits themselves to the Lord and say okay Lord I am over my head there's no way possible in human terms that I can pay back these commitments but I spent the money, and, and it wasn't, like you said, it wasn't a medical disaster. It wasn't something right. unfortunate like that. I have seen people go through Crown Ministries, understand that, get that paradigm shift of understanding that God is in charge of the economy, not somebody else, that I have seen him turn hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt around quickly by people just getting on their knees going, Lord, I'm at the end of my rope. I'm going to grab onto yours. What's it look like? Yeah. And that's a great point. I can't think of anything being in that situation. I can't think of anything being maybe more empowering than seeing things through and making things right. Think of how that, that and and seeing God kind of working within that. Um, I think if, if anything, that would make the person, um, it, it would elevate the way they feel moving forward. It, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. I, I understand it didn't mean butch on the spot, but it was kind of fun anyway. Well, you know, just a quick aside to that, though, yeah. Tim, is interesting. I, th- I think I was reading in the sports section today, uh, someone we all know, um, not always for the best reasons, but Michael Vick, the um, football player who got in so much trouble with the, the dog fighting and, and whatnot. And he had, I believe, um, hundreds-some million dollars in, in debt. Uh, but to, to his credit, he did not... Um, file. I think it's seven or eleven. I know one of them. You resolve all your, your seven debts. is like <laughs> gone. Okay. He didn't go seven. He went eleven. And I I read in the paper that I believe they said this month he'd made all his creditors whole, and that was important to him. I thought that was that was very commendable. That is commendable. And, and actually, if, if that was meant to be a God honoring thing, God is honored by us meeting our commitments to mm-hmm. our creditors. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So as we, we're coming to the end of another segment, but let's just talk about, so you've got faith, family, friends, fitness, and finances. These are the things that you're really working on for these young professionals. And it happens to be young men professionals. Is there, have you heard of any groups out there for young women professionals? No, I haven't, but that's interesting you ask, because the young men that have come through, many of them are married. Um, several of them have asked, is there something like this for that their wives could go through? So there has been interest at our church, too. I think... Uh, and that, you go to Bridgepoint. Go to Bridgepoint. Ri- yep. Bridgepoint and St. Pete. Okay. I sure do. And so I think there is a real need for it. Um, I've talked to my wife, Debbie, about maybe being that person. I don't know if she's ready to, to step out on that yet, but it just requires a, a woman leader to step forward. And I think there's a great need for it. You know, one of the things that's interesting, too, on the weekend is 
uh, I ask the young men to kind of self-assess where they are in each one of the F's right now, where they, where they find themselves. And they're stuck in some areas, and they might be excelling in others. But what's interesting is that most of them will say they're striking out on at least one or two. And those are the areas that they're just, uh, they've just ignored. And so they're, they're stuck or there's a roadblock. But they generally know, and I think, again, being, being still and being away on the retreat, God kind of speaks to them. They generally know what they got to do to get unstuck. And they finally put it down on paper and commit to doing it. And then that kind of be- begins, I think, their, their step towards getting um, healthier in all Re- areas of their life. Really, that's just part of just admitting you got a problem so you can start moving forward. Yeah. Proverbs eighteen twelve: Before destruction, the heart of man is haughty, but humility goes before honor. Do you spend time at work with your staff or just with your peers? One of the most effective management tools you can buy is a comfortable pair of shoes. Then get out where the action is and talk to employees at every level of the company. Show genuine interest, listen to their concerns, and encourage feedback. If you associate only with other managers, you're missing a great opportunity to build your business. Million-dollar suggestions can come from the office, factory, warehouse, or loading dock. No position is too lowly to yield good ideas. If you take time each week to manage by wandering around, not only will employee morale improve, you will be surprised by the dividends it will return to your business. Proverbs 18.12, Before destruction, the heart of man is haughty, but humility goes before honor. Dave, it's been great to have you on the show. I think probably one of the most, the neatest things you just talked about and you drew out was this, that you're talking about the five S for these young gentlemen. Right. Faith, family, friends, fitness, and finances. But all of that incorporates their work. But and I love the way you said attempted you equilibrium the attempt to stay in balance yes. when there's outside forces fighting for it. And really, when you picture that equilibrium, you pick the you picture the old balance. You know, when, when people the scale, the scale, right? Trying to balance that scale, and it's never perfect. No, you're always adjusting one way or the other. It's just like walking a balance beam. That's a great point. It's interesting that you mentioned that, Jim, because one of the things I talk about at the retreat is that Nick Walenda, who's actually a local Unbelievable uh, guy. gentleman, he lives, uh, I think, down in Sarasota, but as you probably recall, he just recently, I think, went across the Grand Canyon. Yeah, you know, for fun. He, didn't yeah. a, he was walking. Quarter mile up, uh, no nets, no safety vest. Um, so he falls. Barefooted, too, wasn't he barefooted? Probably barefooted. <laughs> and he falls, and it's over. And I found it interesting, because he was quoted afterwards. He goes, you know, I'm supposed to have the best balance in the world, and I probably do. But he says, I'm never in perfect balance. I'm always making adjustments. And I think that's true about us, too. Mm. This is a dynamic situation. We're not always going to just, we just don't lock and load in the five Fs. We're constantly being put out of balance and having to readjust our balance. And I think the Nick Willanda example kind of speaks to that. Are you friends with Nick? No. You ever, you ever met him? No. We got to get him on the show because yeah, he, he's a Christ follower. He, he is. He'd be great. That would be great. Andrea, work on that one. Write that down when you try to find Nick Willanda, how we can schedule him on the show. I don't want I can't pay him, but tell him we'll let him stand on the table or something. Okay. All right. Good. All right. So as we talk about this, that I love that you're constantly making corrections. And really, that's yeah. what the, the being a Christ follower <laughs> seems like. I'm constantly making corrections. Like I, I had an opportunity to share the other day that that I'll know that I've really made some huge progress in my in my faith walk when I can put the words I work for him on the side of my car. and every day as i drive the 16 miles from the beach to the bay and i'm challenged by people cutting me off flipping me off uh slamming their brakes in front of me you know uh, threatening my life with their cars every i mean just completely inconsiderate people (laughs) i hear you and on my way here today i got cut off 
by this, I mean, it's just somebody, yeah, just, it, it, and why are they almost always driving Mercedes? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but it seems like uh, an overbuff. So I'll, 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 I'm constantly making corrections because I'm not there yet with right. my driving. I drive for him. How's that? Yeah. Even harder well, and I don't, and I, I, it's just the fact that I'm not doing anything to people, but I'm still talking to them sure. behind my windshield. Sure. Yeah. No, and I'll know I've gotten there when I'm not talking to them and I'm praying for them. <laughs> okay. So w- w- you, you mentioned at the beginning of the show. That that what's what's next for equilibrium in 2015? You're you're really trying to just seek the Lord, and what's next? Yeah, I am. Um, I I believe I'm at a crossroads probably at this point at 2015. I um, I think the Lord's really blessed the ministry. We've gotten off to a great start. I've seen real significant uh, change in these young men's lives, and I don't think it's I think it's permanent. I mean, these are habit change, and I think they've got some skill sets and a structure that they'll use the rest of their lives. So I, I really think that I uh, want to continue to, I guess, expand the ministry. Uh, the question is, do I kind of keep it homegrown like it is now and just continue to do my thing uh, in St. Pete? Um, or do I come under the umbrella of another ministry or organization that could kind of bring some of the the uh, administrative and support tools that maybe I don't have available and, and scale it up, so to speak? And that's kind of the, a dilemma that I'm having now and praying through. Well, and one of the things we talked about before we got on the air was just how there are a lot of organizations around the world, certainly even around our country, that are mentoring men, that are mentoring women, that are mentoring business people. But it just appears that a, a lot of them, instead of specializing in what they do really good, they try to do lots of things. They try to be a jack-of-all-trades in ministry. And how cool would it be, and what a, what a display of the unity of the body of Christ, if you, we could find some organizations where they say, yeah, we're doing this good, but we really like your twist on it. Let's come together, let's form a partnership, and let's take this to the next level. In fact, let's join forces with this group and this group. Yeah, What's it going to take? I don't know. Um, you're right. You don't see those kind of partnerships. I think in the in the ministry world, I think uh, some of it's very you know probably territorial is one of the reasons. Very protective, maybe of donors is another reason. I mean, I kind of understand the the uh, the reasonings reasons behind it, but it doesn't have the the big picture um, of Christ that's really would be impactful. And I think a lot of ministries could utilize other ministries rather than just trying to reinvent the wheel uh, themselves. They could utilize ministries that are doing it well and, and partner in that sense. And I think we'd get a lot more leverage that way. Mm. It would be, uh, that, that is my prayer for this country that we can see that. Okay. So coming up, do you have an equilibri- equilibrium group starting in January? Well, we just had a group uh, kick off in actually November. Okay. They'll be wrapping up in May. Okay. Um, got uh, actually 10 young men, great group. Um, and we will be starting another uh, group then in, in May. And as I mentioned, if we do decide to get some other some uh, fellows, some older guys, some hopefully some guys with some some wisdom um, that were interested in also being leaders for something like this, we may be able to expand to multiple groups uh, in the spring. Is what I'm thinking. How can people get a hold of you to find you know, if they if they're interested in helping lead a group or participate or be a member? How can people get a hold of you? Well, I do have an email address here. I don't have a website yet, but we'll be working on that. Um, All right, so you got Dave at e- Equilibrium5F.com. I like that. That's good. <laughs> Equilibrium5F. And I always had a hard time spelling the equilibrium kind of thing, but That's okay. a mouthful. It is a mouthful. That's good, though. No, it's, it's a great word. It says so much. Equilibrium5F.com. Now, you said the website's not done yet. No. Do you got a, you got a header page yet? Uh, no. 
No, okay. Hey, anybody out there that would like to help Dave, just yeah. get a header page on Equilibrium5F.com. Just email him, Dave, at Equilibrium5F.com. All right, but we'll post this on Facebook tonight so people know how to get a hold of you. And Because maybe there's people listening tonight that really sure. want to help expand this ministry. Maybe there's some people out there that can help you you know, shove a front page on the web page so that's at least got contact. At least it's really, it's a really cool business card. It's a good start. Uh, it is a very good start. I like, <laughs> I, I like it. It could use, this page is a little... Um, a little blank. It is a little blank, but we'll, we'll, we'll do okay. All right. Just as, as we come to the end of the show, just some wisdom from a guy who has lived a successful career and decided in the second half of his life to chase significance. What is a word of wisdom you can give those guys and l- ladies and men in their 40s and their 50s that are just looking at going, hmm, hmm. What is some wisdom you can give them? Well, um, ag- again, I think one of the things that, I mean, helped me so much was to pursue balance in your life. Uh, I know quite a few guys that excel in maybe three of those Fs or four of those Fs, but the one that they um, ignore is the one that brings a lot of pain in their life. It could be finances. It could be family, their marriage. uh, They're not involved with their kids. But I I really think being intentional about balance and being willing to get out of your comfort zone and, and grow and then to act. You know, one of the most difficult emotions I think to deal with is regret because there's not a whole lot you can do with it. So go ahead and, and take action. Um, pray, think about your life, let God kind of move you and, and then execute, act. Well, and really the I Work Room Show talk all, all about the fact that it doesn't matter where you are, your workplace, with, no matter what it is, that's your mission field. Yeah. And that you don't have to go start a, a, a biblical mentoring process in order to give God glory. You can do it right there, cleaning floors, being a secretary, being a CEO, you know, selling used cars, it doesn't matter what. You, you can be out digging ditches in a field and you can give God glory with what you do each and every day. Agreed. It's one of those, it's just a powerful thought and recognition. But I want to thank you for coming on the show and just sharing about equilibrium because it's it's a passion in your heart and it's true. These millennials look at life differently. I've got a guest coming on on Monday uh, and to give, she's a millennial to help us get perspective on how do we reach the millennials mm-hmm. because it is a different, it's a different process. Yeah, very much so. And I, I think they need things that they feel like they can relate, you know, to their current life and, and apply. And I think that's what um, connects with them. Yeah, just, yeah. How does it really work? Because they've been told that God really doesn't apply to all of life right. as they're growing up. All right, listen, coming up on the next I Work For Him show, we've got Jack Clem, the president, the new president at Clearwater Christian College in the last three years. He'll be joining us to talk about how Clearwater Christian College is incorporating the biblical worldview into all of their classes so that no matter what they graduate with at Clearwater Christian College, these graduates will have a clear picture of recognizing their workplace as their mission field. Don't miss out on this one. Here's a college that's really working on getting it right each and every time. You're listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower who owns my own business, but ultimately, I work for him. 